Welcome to the first in a series of Mr. Collie's ICT Revision Podcasts. This time we're going to be looking at data logging, which means um, collecting or gathering data over a period of time. So what we're setting up our systems to do is just look at a situation and monitor it and collect data about it over a given period. Now, how do we do that? Well, we usually use sensors, generally because it beats standing there in the freezing cold with a clipboard. Um, and we set up those sensors to measure something at a regular interval. They could be measure, uh, measuring wind speed, temperature, humidity, um, water current, electrical voltage, pH readings, anything like that. Data logging is really useful in scientific experiments and scientific monitoring. So they use quite a lot there. Um, the sensors could either be analog or digital. If they take analog readings, then the readings that they take, the data they take, needs to be converted into a digital um, signal before the computer to, can understand it. So a piece of kit called an ADC, an analog to digital converter, is needed for that. Um, that basically turns the analog signal into a digital one so the computer can understand it. Um, as the sensor takes the reading, the data is either sent through a cable or a wireless link to the data logger which looks like a rather large-ish, bulky, handheld games console. Um, the data logger usually just stores the data for a period of time um, before sending it in one big bulk, one large batch, to a computer where it's going to be processed and analysed. Um, like I said, the data logger normally looks like a, a big Game Boy, if you will, um, and it's usually battery-operated and has a large amount of memory. So where do they normally use data logging? Well, um, I've got a few examples here. Um, water companies use data logging um, to monitor the acidity, the pH of water in their riv rivers and reservoirs. Um, it can also use it to monitor pollution. Um, how this happens is the sensors take measurements of the water, the ADC converts the signals into digital data and the data is then sent to the data logger where it's stored um, until the water board or the water company's computer calls for it. On request, the digital data is sent over to the water board's computer. Um, special software that they've got called data logging software takes the data and analyzes it. And the results are usually printed out in graphs or tables because, or presented in graphs or tables because they make more sense than just a stream of raw data in front of your eyes. Other examples that we could have um, are, well, Formula One. Formula One companies spend millions and millions of pounds um, looking at data from every aspect of their car, wind resistance, speed, tyre wear, um, and they have, they have lots of sensors on board the car that monitor all of these things and how it's performing. This data is sent instantaneously back to the pits um, so that the engineers can see what's going on. And it's also saved so that later on they can analyse it and see what the stress was on the engine in any particular part of the race or how well it performed, the tyres performed in these particular temperatures. Um, the other thing that they can do is set output alarms to alert the driver when certain conditions have been met. Um, for example, the wear on his tyres is down to a critical level. Now, watch Formula One on BBC next time, you, next time it's on. Look at the guys in the pits and look at all of the data they get. It's phenomenal. The final example I've got is hospitals. Um, 
if you've got a really ill patient, they are generally in intensive care, the ICU, intensive care unit, um, with some form of heart monitor on. You've all watched Casualty, you've all watched ER, you know those beep, beep, beep. It's a little heart monitor that monitors your heart rate and sends a signal to an output device, in this case, the beep, the little speaker. Um, the data is also output as a graph. As I was making that beep, beep, beep sound, I was subconsciously doing the little up and down with my finger to represent the graph. Um, the doctors can then keep an eye on that and monitor it in a visual way. Other ways they're monitored, their breathing rate will be monitored um, and the level of oxygen and alarms will be triggered if it drops below a certain level um, and their temperature is measured at regular, regular intervals um, to monitor whether they've got an infection or not. So those are generally just three different places where data logging is used. Now, I'm sat here in nice cosy IB3 with the air conditioning on, it's a comfortable temperature and it's dry. But data often needs to be collected from places that are absolutely nowhere near a nice cosy room, nice cosy office. Um, they also might need to collect data in the middle of the night, um, during weekends when people might be away from work. Or the data might need to be collected from somewhere particularly dangerous, particularly hostile to humans, like the bottom of the ocean, or inside a volcano, or on the moon. Um, so it's not practical to send people out. So what happens is we then use a process called remote data logging. That basically means the sensors are put out in the field in, these in the um, environment and they send signals back either wirelessly or by fiber optic cables or possibly even by a satellite to the computer um, for analysis so there's no human needs to be involved. Um, this is called, as I said, remote data logging. I'm going to introduce you to another key term now. Um, this key term is called the logging interval and that's the amount of time between readings now that varies depending on what you're monitoring what condition you're monitoring for example if um, if you're monitoring a heartbeat you might take a reading every few tenths of a second um, if you've got a temperature sensor in your oven you um, you might take a reading every few minutes to make sure that the ovens monitoring the temperature and keeping it up to um, up to where it should be. Um, if you're monitoring something like soil dampness um, in a greenhouse or where you're growing crops, you might take a reading every every few days. Um, if you're monitoring um, growth of plants, you might take a reading every few weeks. You've, have you seen those time-lapse photography images where they take a photo and a photo and a photo and they can show plants growing? They might take that photo every, every day, every week. Um, Similarly, if you've seen the satellite versions of that for destruction of the rainforest or the way the earth changes, those photos might be taken once a month. So the data logger will be set up to take a photo once a month. Growth of cities, you could do that in years. And if you were monitoring global warming, your logging interval might be decades. So it's all about picking a sensible interval between what time, what um, between taking readings, and that depends on what data it is that you're logging and what condition it is that you're monitoring. That's called the logging interval. And finally, we come on to advantages and disadvantages of data logging. Well, the good bits are. Um, it can be used in remote or dangerous situations where it might be not practical or, like I said, dangerous to send a human. 
Um, it can be carried out 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It doesn't need a loo break. It doesn't complain on it when it's doing overtime. It doesn't sleep. So you can keep it going. Um, you can set time intervals for logging data and they will be kept to. They're very regular. Um, there's um, you won't the per, you won't be like a person doing it and forgetting and then having to run back and do it. So you've got a regular interval between data which means you can analyze more um, precisely. Um, you can set it up to start at a time in the future. So you can put the sensors out there and say I want this to start in four weeks and then you can go away and forget about it and it'll start in four weeks. Um, you don't need to have someone there to press the button to get it to start in four weeks or whenever it you want it to start. And finally, it's often more accurate because um, basically there aren't humans there to mess it up. There's no likelihood of human error. Unfortunately, um, there are some disadvantages as well. Um, they're usually along the lines of what if. Um, yeah, If it breaks or it malfunctions, the data could be lost or not recorded. Um, it can be pretty expensive to set up sensors, data loggers, all the kit you need, all the specialist software, the data logging software you need. doesn't generally come cheap. And the equipment will only take readings at the logging interval. Um, if something interesting happens in between the logging interval, it won't go, ooh, that looks interesting. I'll just take a reading to monitor that. So um, the data, you might miss the odd interesting thing because the data is taken at regular intervals and only at regular intervals. And that brings us to the end of our pod first podcast about data logging. Don't forget to um, get onto Twitter and follow the revision tweets at f by following Mr. Collie St. Mary's. Thanks for downloading this. Hope you found it useful and do well in the exams.